Hey, buddy. Roman, I'm losing. I'm losing my mind. Oh. How, how? Why? How come? I was just looking at our Batman in quarantine feed this morning, and I was like, I convinced myself that I forgot to post an episode on Friday, and we've got an episode in the bank that we recorded on Saturday, and I was pretty sure that today was one we needed. I needed to post today. Listen. For as, as confusing as the Grant Morrison reading order is, it is even more confusing trying to then assign like days that it's got to go up on certain days and recording things ahead of time. I had to text Andrew. <laughs> and I was like, Andrew, did I forget an episode last week? And he was like, no, you're good. I was like, okay. I don't, I don't know who or what I am anymore, except for some sort of like only 60% functioning podcast producer. Welcome into Batman in Quarantine, episode number 50, where we're going to talk about Batman and Robin number 15. We're at like this ultimate tease spot where, with this series because we've done the penultimate issue of Return of Bruce Wayne, and we've done the penultimate issue of Batman and Robin. So now, from here on out, it's just going to be the final issue of Batman and Robin and the final issue of Return of Bruce Wayne after today. After today, our lives. That's a goofy movie reference. Um, sorry. That was just for me. My favorite <laughs> Disney movie. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed I didn't recognize that. that. Oh, that's true. You came into my house and watched that once upon a time because I yeah. <laughs> love that movie so much. Um, gosh, we're in this like, yeah, uh, this ramping up. I mean, I don't know. The, 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 siren, the siren is at full pitch scream right now because we're about to have a whole bunch of answers, but there is a lot that we get in this issue one just a conversation about hurt i'm particularly excited to have with you before we get into it i want to have a conversation about covers roman this cover shows an image of what looks like damien making a deal with dr hurt aka the devil aka simon wayne or whatever thomas wayne or yeah thomas wayne um and that image is awesome uh it's kind of alluded to that Damien makes a deal with the devil in Batman 666, but in fact, that never actually happens. Um, but this image would make it look like it is, but in this issue, they don't actually have a deal with the devil. But what I want to point out is that the original version of this cover of Damien and Hurt with their Wayne or their hands on the Wayne box was supposed to have an upside down hanging cross right above the candelabra, and yeah. editorial made them take it out. Boo. Yeah, yeah, they thought, yeah, Grant's notes in the back, yeah, they thought it was a little too too on oh, the nose. Did they, did he make a note about that? Uh, online, I think the original solicitation for the cover actually shows uh, the cross in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, yeah, that is a shame. I mean, I like the candelabra tr kind of maybe suggesting a trident shape, but yeah, an upside down cross, I, I think, because I have to keep reminding myself that, oh yeah, there's this whole satanist type of connection here because and i don't know I, I like upside down crosses they it's a it's a great image <laughs> it's a great image i get why you got it tattooed so hugely on your chest yeah yeah you know <laughs> I, try not to, I try not to talk about it too much but... oh yeah sorry never mind Whoop, never mind 
<laughs> and then uh, I had talked about it before, but then on the other page, the B cover for this issue is the image by Fraser Irving that is just one of my all-time favorite <laughs> covers not quite up and not quite to the level of that quietly sarcophagus batman and robin seven cover but uh god it's got to be top three top five for sure love that image yeah that that is just a beautiful joker image and and i can't help but think that um maybe this image inspired the look of some of the look of the Batman who laughs and his little demon Robin dogs. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you're right. Especially those little Robin, the Batman who net laughs Robin, you know, boys uh, yeah. look a lot like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this issue. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 please. Yeah, that, yeah. That the main cover, the quietly cover. Um, it's it's a inversion of a panel from Batman 38. I th- or no, Detective Comics 38 from back in the Golden Age. Okay. For Batman swearing in Dick Grayson as Robin, as crime-fighting buddies. Except there they've got their um, their right hands raised and their left hands on, you know, whatever, over each other on, on whatever the book is they're swearing on in that original story. Oh, so we've got like a reference to the left-handed path here. Yeah. The Satanist occultist idea of the left-handed path. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty good, yeah. Um, so this issue is day three of Dick's bad couple of days in Gotham. <laughs> and it, it it contains the scene where Dr. Hurt shoots him in the head. It has Dr. Hurt really impo- being the imposter of Thomas Wayne and showing up at the Wayne Manor. We got a great conversation between the Joker and Damien. It's got some big overtones and foreshadowing to what's about to come. We've got Damien fighting some fiends getting kidnapped then being reunited with dr hurt and dick grayson in the wayne manor house we get a great glorious double punch shot maybe the most glorious of all of them uh so far which we've seen a lot and then we (laughs) get the return of somebody at the end of this and is it bruce is it not bruce i don't know i'm excited to hear roman's thoughts about it but what do you think of this issue? Are you like when I finished it, I was like, "Oh my god, I have to read the next issue like immediately." Like at this point, it's just so hard to not move way ahead with them. Did Did you read the next issue? No, I mean, okay, on top good. of not having the time at all to <laughs> like, I have these like just small like I have an hour and a half budgeted to read a single right, issue okay, and then yeah, research yeah. it and then like but, yep, yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. It, it's really hard not to. I mean, I kind of flip through some pages into the next issue. I was like, no, no, I got to not look. It's hard to do, but it is super uh, rewarding when you can hold it off each time. Yeah. Yeah. It is rewarding, but it is, I mean, I have today off. So I was thinking, you know, I could read the rest of these issues right this afternoon after the podcast. You totally could. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not, Um, but I'm not going to, I I appreciate your restraint. It's, 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 it takes a Batman level of, Oh, of discipline <laughs> but you're into that tantric stuff so it makes sense um so i do love this first page like the crazy angle of uh the joker dancing with the corpse do we know who the corpse is i read somewhere that it's um alan wayne's and his wife oh is that oh dove of course it would have to be somebody in the wayne family because he's they're at they're at where are they at? <laughs> I believe are that they, they've been outside in the like, well. Are they at Wayne, the Wayne Manor? I I would believe that. I forget exactly which physical space 
Well, oh wait, the, he was in the cave. Remember, like remember it, when it showed like him in the cave and it had the bomb written on it. It said like "Have a nice day," like the Joker. Yeah. Um, in the previous issue, I think that they're down in the cave. Okay, so I don't know who's who's a uh, corpse he's dancing with here. I mean, she's in a wedding dress, and at first I assumed it was the real Oberon Sexton's wife, but that can't be because she's buried in Britain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do believe since the final page of the issue right before this is Joker sitting in uh, the Batcave with Damien tied up, I, I believe that that's where we are. So maybe, you know, he took the corpse down. He had to get a coffin to be burying Damien alive. Um, an interesting thing in just reading interviews with Grant Morrison about this, he said that this arc, Batman and Robin Must Die, is specifically meant to be an inversion of Batman R.I.P. And he said while writing it, he, the story like kind of wrote itself in that cliche thing that writers always say, but he knew that the climax of this Dick Grayson Damien story was going to be the Joker returning to take on the black glove because of, you know, the promise the vow he had made in the original black glove volume from months ago. So knowing that he knew that, Dick Grayson and Damien were just going to kind of be these chess pieces in the middle of this game between um, Joker and Hurt. Whereas before it was Joker in the middle of this game between Hurt and Batman. But there are all sorts of weird mirrored parallels. So like in this issue, uh, it starts with the Joker having buried Damien alive. Whereas the second to last issue of RIP was Dr. Hurt burying Bruce alive. Um, there's and there's just like a ton of other instances of things like that in here there's just like small thematic moments from r.i.p that have been swapped to be a different person in it so um i i thought that's very interesting and him discussing it in interviews people can go seek those interviews out there's there's quite a few of them talking about that but um, a lot of the commentary i've read from people are just them pointing out the the inversions of r.i.p prevalent in this oh cool wow that would be worth listening to. I haven't heard any of those, and that that would that's very interesting. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, even just like down to things like in this one, it's hurt making an offer to Damien, whereas in the other one, it was hurt making an offer to Bruce. In the same issue for the you know R.I.P. versus these, so that's just a cool thing to as people are reading these issues or rereading them, do take a look at that, filter it through this idea of Morrison trying to you know have the dark inverse of r.i.p here even just the tone of it like the dour tone of r.i.p is now this sort of psychedelic pop thing here even though that we've been talking about that for a while that's full page shot after he takes the uh the tape off damien is so disturbing just damien screaming <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's so angry and i love the lead up the two pages leading up to that with just the joker monologuing i'm mm -hmm. talking to damien but just you know happy happy joker stuff with a great a great stupid knock knock joke and yeah it is he's right such a great joker <laughs> yeah it he, really is yeah just like the perfect tone for insanity even though he's built in these ideas of him going through these metamorphoses he still has this like perfect tone for his voice i do love in talking to Damien, he says, the big brother you've never had is on the devil's chopping block. The first and best boys, the best boy wonders in the hands of the most evil man on earth. And I like the Joker referring to Dick Grayson as the best boy wonder. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really, I was just going to bring that up. I, I love that whole little little bit right there. And the manipulation 
and all that of Damien. What are you going to do about it? And, yeah. I mean, he just plays Damien so well. He does. And I love that Damien just sort of walks into it because he doesn't yeah. quite have the maturity to know that he's being played. <laughs> this next scene is like pretty disturbing. It's Alfred in the Wayne Manor, like watching a news broadcast of Thomas Wayne, you know, Dr. Hurt Thomas Wayne pretending to be Thomas Wayne and returning home. And I just love Alfred slowly walking out to the gates with T to greet him with all this press around. And he invites him in and he says, Pennyworth, good Lord. You remember, don't you remember me? Don't you? And he says, Oh yes, sir. I remember you well. And it's just like, there's a lot of like laden overtones there of like, he definitely remembers Dr. Hurt. He, and you know, two issues ago, Dick did say to, you know, Alfred, I need you to prep the, the, cave and prep the the house and that's when it showed like him turning the clock to 1047 so like alfred knows what's going on yeah yeah i also like i don't know if this is a a, a conscience a conscious indication on fraser irving's part but the way he drew um thomas wayne dr hurt's hair in that panel when they're standing outside the gate and his his, I don't know, his lawyer or whoever that is. Who's, his lawyer is Professor Pig. Oh, that is. Pig. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah. that jawline. Okay. I, well, I was wondering, the way he draws their hair, I mean, it doesn't look like hair. It looks like they're both wearing some kind of false hair, like on Lego, Lego people. Yeah, you're right, with that super extreme perfect part. Yeah, and I was wondering, I wonder if that's in, like an artistic just clue, clue symbolism that going, oh, these guys are wearing mask fat yeah faces masks yeah at the uh, underneath this day three moment it has is that the same painting that was shown in r.i.p on mayhew's island that we were talking about you're talking about the sort of like gorgeous apocalyptian deathscape paintings was was that was that a garden of earthly delights by hieronymus bosch it may have been this is the triumph of death yeah this is by uh peter bruegel okay I couldn't tell if I, I, this image looks so familiar to me. I can't remember if it's come up at a different time in this run or not. I don't, yeah, I don't know. And I, I first I thought that was Bosch, but yeah, it's, it's Bruegel who I think was inspired by Bosch, Bosch, because Bosch was first. I would believe it. But, Th- this particular issue is actually named Night, Death, and the Devil. Mm-hmm. And each of these issues is named after a famous piece of Gothic art. So I looked up that image. And I, now I want to go through and look up the issue names of all of the issues in this arc oh. to see the paintings that the names are referring to. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that about the, t- the titles. Yeah, nor I. Nor cool. I had to have someone point it out to me for sure. Wow. Um, we get the, uh, and then like the final scene there is Thomas Wayne pretending, you know, Dr. Hurt pretending to be Thomas Wayne and speaking to all of Gotham saying like, I'm so glad I came back to Gotham at the perfect time. I, I think I can save everybody from this, you know, disaster, but you're it's not going to be easy and it's going to come at a price. And we don't know what that price is yet. But during that, we also see, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Lone Eye Lincoln the pimp from the street is like there oh. seeing kind of overlooking overseeing the, the Gotham people, which I thought was a cool throw in. Yeah. And I like that, that the, uh, just the implication in that panel that the laser, the announce the news announcers saying ordinary rules of behavior are breaking down as people succumb to the influence of the virus. Um, 
and what it's showing here is like that pimp is going no no we don't deal in kids as this mother is trying to like turn her kids over oh my god i didn't realize that's the implication there holy fuck yeah she's trying to prostitute her kids and the pimp's like "Uh uh-uh no way (laughs) okay i don't deal in kids (laughs) wow that makes even more i thought it was just sort of a scene of like a, a woman in peril and like trying to get drugs or something but no you're totally right this guy deals in prostitutes and he's trying to get rid of her kids Man, yeah, that is a really great instance of even more clearly demonstrating how fucked up the idea of, you know, contagious addiction is. Yeah. Right? Like the extent of addiction. We just don't understand it. But, um, God, that's dark, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we get, we get another great, like, two pages of the Joker talking to Damien. And some important things are dropped here. He, He does make a great reference to, so in... He's been pushing Damien with a gun, but when he realizes it's actually a banana. And then Joker says, I ever tell you about my pal Big Mike, God's top gun, his head banana? And that's a reference to the Archangel Michael, who was, yeah, God's, you know, the, the general in charge of taking down the devil's army. So, like, I love this, like, Dr. Hurt, a.k.a. the devil, a.k.a. Dark Side. And we've got this reference to, you know, Archangel Michael, who's going to be taking him down. And I love yeah. that. And it's a double reference. Because it's also, apparently, this is from Morrison's notes in the back of the, the issues. Um, Big Mike was also how they re- refer in vaudeville and stuff to the the choice bananas to use for pratfalls oh. and stuff. Because they were a particularly big brand of banana that would rot quickly. So even just like tying into that, the pratfalls and the particularly, you know, slippery bananas and whatnot. Uh, that's an often awesome reference to have now. He refers yeah. to the banana represents the primal ga- primal gag, the fall, which I think you know, the referring to the fall, the primal gag, the fall of Satan, which also yeah. then ties into this idea of the new gods falling as yeah. well, like dark side. Yeah. There's a lot of overtones right there that I do remember the final scene of this you know series and this banana peel and the primal fall of Satan are important aspects to be picked up on in the next issue for sure (laughs) cool god i love joker's dialogue all throughout this um that and and the the couple panels before that when he when he's laughing and saying in the hands of a grandmaster the prawn can the prawn can be the most dangerous piece on the plate i love him mixing his metaphor oh i i read that as pawn i just don't like that's that's awesome pawn to tree your move i i did also like um, and when we're done with Hurt, we'll find you. I'll deal with you myself. She says, sure you will, Tiny. Make sure you pack sandwiches. Pawn to tree, your move. Like, I just, that's a, such a great, sure you will, Tiny. Make sure you pack sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So they, like, do separate here. You know, they're working together. And this is where Damien then goes to take down Pig and Commissioner Gordon, who are driving in a truck on their way to Go- or to Wayne Manor. So, Exactly where that conversation was happening, I guess, is a little confusing. It looks like it could be the gra- like the, the outside the grave that is connected to the cave. Um, probably not super, super important, but... Yeah, it's hard. To, I figured they were coming into the same graveyard, but yeah, who knows. Uh, we get Damien tries to take down Pig and save. Gordon throws Pig out of the vehicle, but 99 fiends show up, and we get a great battle sequence by Fraser Irving, who's doing paneling. We don't usually see with him, like a bunch of tiny ones. Definitely showing Damien cutting off fiends' hands and I believe killing a dog. Yeah, looks 
certainly looks that way. And yeah, he's definitely, uh, before he's taken down, he's definitely doing some permanent and maybe fatal damage to people. Right. But you know, there's 99 of them. Then you can, they can spare a few. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Roman. There's the nine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm just going to say it's some of pig's dialogue in here is with Gordon when they're still in the truck before Damien attacks, um, is, is interesting too. Cause re- he refers to, uh, the facilities here are excellent. They have Dr. Ha ha and Dr. Johnny be damned. And I think Dr. Ha ha is a reference to, um, both, both hurt. Well, I don't know. Ha ha might be the, maybe probably the Joker. But the but pig doesn't know the Joker's there, does he? No, I. Oh. So I don't be, think so. Yeah. So it would have to be. Well, I think John, Doctor Johnny, be damned. Damned would be hurt. Yeah, that would make sense. And ha ha in the back, it, Morrison mentions is a reference to, um, again, uh, the behaviorist, the scientist Harry Haslow, I think. Oh, okay. The first, the first, I know the first letters of his first name and his last name would be ha ha. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. But he's the one that came up with the wire mother and everything that. Oh, ties wow. In, yeah. Tyson, the pig's origins, man. That's, I didn't, I didn't check on those Morrison notes at the end of this. I should have, I've got all this yeah. great information at my disposal. I haven't checked. Well, there's just, there's so many things packed in here and, and Dr. Johnny be damned is a reference to hurt, but it's also an oblique reference to, um, Another scientist, behavior, behavioral scientist, uh, Johnny B. Calhoun, who did all of these experiments with barn rats and overpopulation. They, he provided all the food and water and everything they would need, nesting and everything, and just oh. overpopulate their, their colony to see what would happen. And they reached a population tipping point where once they had too many rats in their population, they quit doing they started doing aberrant behavior and quit like mating and quit and quit started getting violent and it became this big experiment that then people extrapolated. It made him famous that people extrapolated from that going, Oh wow. Could this be something that would happen with humans? Yeah, for sure. When you have like a shared common resource that's limited or yeah. yeah. Or, or That's really, really interesting. Roman, God damn it. You're great. No, the Grant Morrison's is great. <laughs> well, yeah, also you, though. Uh, so the 99 Fiends take Damien, and they bring Damien into the room with Dr. Hurt and Dick Grayson. And, you know, he says, I'm sorry, they, they got me. And he says, great, I knew I could count on you. I'm just glad to see you. Um, he says, don't worry about it. We'll improvise, which is, of course, Morrison's great statement about Dick Grayson and his strength is that <laughs> he doesn't necessarily prepare. He's at his best when he's improvising and going without a wire. When... Uh, at the bottom of this pan- this page here, it's got Dr. Hurt about to shoot Dick. He says, you don't get it, do you? D- Dick says. And then Hurt says, brief bloom. And then he says, you're finished. What does brief bloom mean there? What is that? I, I don't know. I'm not sure because, you know, it sounds like a reference to like a, a plant, a flower blooming. Right. But it could also be a reference to the next panel where there's the brief bloom from a gunshot and the, the bloom of fire and smoke from you know the bullet leaving the leaving the gun and then that yeah so it's an interesting i don't know i don't know i I, sometimes i feel like oh maybe that's just a throwaway line i don't get or whatever when morrison writes stuff but i always want to get it because it's always there for a reason it always makes some sense yeah and i I can't figure out i I mean the the visual 
bloom is is kind of obvious, I guess. But I keep on trying to think of what plant would he be referring to and why. Yeah, <laughs> so or I, don't think, I don't think we've had any plants symbolism in this that I can no or maybe even like dick grayson as batman was just a brief bloom because he now like yeah. shoots him in the head or something but he was only batman for a small amount of time yeah actually that's yeah that's probably it what is interesting though is we get the shot we've been building up to for several issues now which is dr hurt shooting dick grayson in the head and what we find out is it's a rubber bullet to fracture his skull so that blood will build up and cause brain damage, which then ties us back to the watermelons two episodes ago, which is he was oh, practicing yeah. shooting these watermelons to get this precise shot down and see how to like explode it or not <laughs> explode it, which is, you know, I was like, oh, it fits together, you bastard. Yeah, that's great. And God, poor... Can you imagine? I mean, Dick Grayson's skull must just have all these nasty scars and stuff. Because this is hasn't even hit me on shot like in in the head now three times. Now, well, now nowadays, now right now, three or four yeah. times <laughs> with like yeah, rebirth having happened and him thinking he's Rick Grayson. Oh man, it's such a bummer that like we have this Dick Grayson story of the last like two years. We've been dealing with this like Dan Jurgens or like <laughs> Rick Grayson story that is just like yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, now uh, he's now he's backed as Dick. Yeah, he is. Thank goodness. Did, and did, did you notice um, Hurt right after he shoots shoots Dick and Robin? You know, gets out of his bonds. Hurt smash is he smashes something on the mantelpiece? Does he smash the horse? He smashes the horse. The horse bust. Yeah. The knight. Yeah. So I wonder if that was just there as a metaphor of you know the knight and him smashing the knight, the, the K N I G H T, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. And, uh, and later in this issue, I think Joker mentions how Hurt wants to play chess with him when Joker wanted to play dominoes. I love that line. He's like, I wanted to play dominoes with him, but he wanted to play chess with the Joker. And it's like <laughs> that idea of chess is this game built on strategy and Joker is the ultimate improvisational craze, crazy guy. So like chess with a crazy person, you know, doesn't doesn't make sense, but Hurt wanted to play it. And and Joker realized what a fallacy that is. So then Hurt is trying to get Damien to do a bargain with him to give him his soul, sell him his soul in exchange for Dick Grayson. He'll do the surgery on him to prevent what has just happened. And Damien's like, I don't believe in souls. I don't believe in this shit. Yeah. And so he doesn't make the deal or anything, which is important because I do think that like we alluded to him having made a deal with the devil early on and, and, and that didn't actually happen. I think the most interesting thing to me in this issue is the conversation that people have had around this line of dialogue, this, this issue here where Dr. Hurt, he says, Thomas and Martha, they took me in, they showed me kindness, and then he punches a hole through the painting of them. And he says, now I've taken his face. He'll be remembered as a criminal and a drug fiend in their mentally ill son. So people have... And I agree with it for the most part, but this kind of unveils or reveals a lot of what Morrison has put into continuity for who Dr. Hurt is. And so this quote I've got here from someone who tries to do annotations of these issues. So they, they, this is a quote here. It's from a Comics Alliance article, but it says, uh, Hurt gives away that he knew Thomas and Martha, and they even tried to help him. At this point, I think that we can trace it. Thomas Wayne is from 1765. He is Thomas Wayne Jr., and he is Simon Hurt. To get him properly committed, Thomas and Martha probably had to claim that Hurt was their son, and Hurt really is just a brain damaged and sociopathic, as Thomas Wayne Jr. was. His reaction 
to basically the only two people who showed him kindness is to kick the portrait and push a hole through it. Hurt later appeared, so, you know, tying back, so he, he, was some, he was the old Thomas Wayne in the 1700s. He was with those Satanists like Thomas Jefferson. He got extended life, like Dick or like Damien says that he realizes here. He's like, you're not the devil. You're just somebody who lived too long. That person got extended life in doing so, then went to the, you know, afterwards went to the Waynes, pretending to be a part of their family and they were kind to him, but they wanted to get him help. So they put him in this institution. The only way that they could have done that would be to claim that he was their family, but he looked like Thomas. So it would have worked. So another quote from a, just a conversation I heard people having hurt later appears shortly after Bruce is born coming into Thomas and Martha's life, unsure of whether he is truly family or insane. Martha takes the wayward hurt into their lives after hearing details of his life and believing him to be unnaturally corrupted. The Waynes come to believe some of Hurt's story when he reveals to them the room hidden beneath the manor. The implication here is that Hurt and the Black Glove have been using that for a while. However, unable to help their supposed relative, Hurt, he gets confined to Willowwood Asylum before later disappearing. So I, I don't know that that's ironed on, but like I get why we've been seeing Willowwood Asylum, which is this place where a in previous continuity, Thomas Wayne Jr. was. But what if Morrison is saying, what if Thomas Wayne Jr. was actually a lie that Thomas and Martha had said to try and get this guy help who they believed was a family of member of theirs, but they just said it was their son when it wasn't their son. It's just someone who looked like them and needed help and you know got institutionalized for being a sociopath. So that's like Morrison kind of making some retcon and like sewing things together to make a newer narrative. What do you think about yeah. that? I prefer Morrison coming up with a new tapestry for that because I don't, I don't, I never liked the idea that Thomas Wayne Jr. was actually right, like Bruce's what brother. I didn't like that he was supposedly, yeah, directly related like that. I mean, he could, if he's a previous ancestor from way back in 1765, well, okay, fine, but right. <laughs> And then when we got that, like, scene a couple issues ago of, like, the history that couldn't have happened of, like, Thomas Wayne paying somebody to kill the Waynes and then him, like, dipping out. If if mm -hmm. Dr. Hurt hadn't, it was actually just a rogue Thomas Wayne. I think that was, and we talked about it, but that was, the, that was what the original plan was. I think that, and here's another quote from somebody, it also advances the notion that perhaps Hurt planned the deaths of all three Waynes as suggested by Joe Chill back in 673, so that he could take the role of Thomas with his plan being irretrievably, irretrievably ruined by Bruce surviving and yeah. therefore telling the world the top. So I do think that that, I like this idea that Dr. Hurt, and I don't think that we've learned anything that disproves the idea that, yeah, Dr. Hurt hired Joe Chill to kill his parents and Bruce Wayne so that he could pretend to be Thomas Wayne, but Bruce's survival... And, you know, that shows in 673, you know, Dr. or Joe Chill says, like, I should have killed, I should have made sure to kill yeah. the kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and yeah. I prefer that, too, because in so, I don't, I don't know which versions of Bruce's origin, but there, because there's been so many retellings of it. But I remember one of the ones that always most stuck with me is the one that, that implied that Joe Chill didn't kill Bruce because he killed his two parents and then. I remember these panels. I don't know who drew it, but Chill was like, God, quit looking at me like that kid. And and little Bruce was staring at him 
with Seth's rage in his eyes that it freaked Joe chill out and he ran yeah. away rather than kill Bruce. <laughs> yeah. I think that was in the last 10 years. Cause I feel like I've read that as well. Yeah. Um, I bet Chris Murphy knows. I bet so. But yeah, I hope that that, I mean, that was sort of a fractured thought I was trying to convey, but I do like that in this issue, I, I do feel like there is the implication for who Dr. Hurt is. And, and throughout my entire read of this entire, like this whole series, my first time through, I ended with a much, greater sense of like not having an answer of who he is mm-hmm. and in this one i have a i think i have a at least i'm comfortable with my idea of who dr hurt is you know this yeah. so yeah i don't know I, I i would love to talk to people about that more i think there's a whole issue or episode of the podcast to be had about who do we think he is but i, I think that you know, Morrison taking this old Milligan story of Jefferson and putting Dr. Hurt there and giving them longer lives and him trying to manipulate the Waynes so he could steal an identity and therefore kind of being responsible for Bruce's parents' debt. Like all of that, I hate to use the word elegant because I think I use it often, but it's a really elegant way of taking 70 years of stories and threading it together in a narrative that creates an ultimate evil for Batman to fight. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I love the fact that Morrison is so in his notes in the back. I could tell I just flipped through all the notes this morning. Um, he mentions when he's talking about the ancestors of Bruce Wayne, how in his typical fashion, he screwed up and, and forgot a couple of the ancestors that have been mentioned in other stories. So then he references those stories, one of which is an Alan Moore story. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I did read that because I love when Morrison references Alan Moore since those two have such bad blood and he just in parentheses, he says, it was, I believe, an Alan Moore story, which is, I think Morrison has extended the olive branch more often to Alan Moore than has been oh, yeah. done the opposite. So Yes, definitely. Maybe, maybe Alan Moore is the hole in things. Oh, <laughs> the Alan Moore hole. Um, so as they're about to open this box, like Dr. Hurt, he, sa- he says, what is this? How can it? We hear a whistling tune. It looks like the same notes that were whistled to open the box and return to Bruce Wayne four or five. I think five, but we just saw recently. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, can, I ask you, can I ask a question before you get there? Yeah. Um, right before that happens, uh, Dick is saying to Robin, Robin, it's the box I found in the cave. Remember who left, who left it there? I don't remember who left it there. We don't know for sure oh, yet. Oh, okay. Dang. But I think think it's bruce i think uh, that either in a different time bruce went back and put it there or something because he does say remember who left it there stall as if they know that bruce is coming back and we just need to buy time until bruce comes back here in oh i don't know three pages okay. um but i don't we don't know exactly how he could have put it there yeah and how does dick know that how does dick know the know the notes to whistle the notes yeah well those are all good questions. <laughs> and because when they, they whistle it and the box opens, it has a bat tracer in there and the words gotcha are written. And gotcha <laughs> is what Bruce said to Darkseid when he killed him. Yeah. I love the fact that it's been at least a hundred years longer that Hurt's been trying to get this box open. And it's just a, like two notes <laughs> that you whistle and, and and the fact that hurt never stumbled into that over a hundred plus years and i love the fact that when the box opens the candles go out yeah that's, that's so classic spooky movie it is and there's a big yeah like gust you know it seems like because something big is about to happen 
<laughs> what I'm curious about is like the clock has been stuck at 1047 this whole time, the time of Bruce's parents' death. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know exactly what the symbolic nature of that beat the clock being stuck there this whole time has been. Well, that's right. And I, I meant to look that up and, and I haven't. I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's a reference to some previous story somewhere where I think just as a um, kind of an homage to his parents and a reminder that that clock has always been, those hands have always been set at, at that time. Um, plus it's it, in a lot of the stories, I don't, it's, it's the entrance to the cave, like the one of the secret entrances to the cave. So I think right. it's just symbology about his parents and, you know, why he is Batman. And, and then also we've got the eclipse, which seems to usher the return of him. And so Batman is returning to this time, having completed his journey and like the renewal and rebirth of Batman at the exact time that Batman was created. Yeah. 1047 yeah. when his parents died. Yeah, because, and, and, yeah, yeah, and the eclipse is ha- and the eclipse is happening while this is happening in the with Damien and everything inside the mansion. The eclipse is going on outside; is starting. Right, and as that eclipse happens, and the clock reads ten forty seven, we get a icy looking text bubble that says "Turn around, Doctor." It's all over, and it's got a picture of Batman that looks like Bruce Batman. I would say, yeah, it, it would appear to be, and I and, love it. Yeah. Oh, just a, how we've tied these great three, three box panels for next issue, and this one is just one big box of Bruce's eyes and through the bat mask. What's interesting is like reading, you know, message board conversations from the week that this issue came out. People do not think that that is Bruce. Like people think it's Alfred pretending to be Bruce. Mm. People think that it's like the Joker pretending to be Bruce. Um, so, you know, it's, I believe it to be Bruce, but I do yeah. like that people are like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I do too, though. At the, I can't remember what I thought when I originally read these as, you know, monthly issues. Um, if I thought it was Bruce then, or if I thought it was another red herring. I thought it was a red herring, I think, because it was a, it's a, I mean, because of the way that these issues came out, I didn't feel like I was going to just see Bruce show up until I understood how he could have gotten back to this moment. Right. But in nice storytelling fashion, you know, that's the last page of this issue. And our next issue, Return of Bruce Wayne 6, is the explanation for how he gets back. And I don't remember exactly what it is, but, you know, it could work. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to read Return of Bruce Wayne 6, <laughs> though, dude. <laughs> I am, too. And, oh, man. This was a gr- and this was a great issue that we just we were ju- we're just talking about here. Um, the things like you know, Hurt replaces Thomas and Martha's portrait with the the Triumph of Death painting. Oh yeah, I love that, and I love th- you know that that or similar paintings were in like Mayhew's house during that Black Glove art. Like I just love yeah. the arc. I love that Hurt is clearly a fan of that art and tries to carry it around with him. Yeah, yeah, that he collects the. Uh, the death art <laughs> classic death art and i love the fact i did this didn't occur to me until you were talking about the sequence but when hurt like kicks a hole through thomas and martha's painting i was like oh as you were talking i was like oh it's another hole in things it's a hole in things yeah he's the he's the thing that creates the hole in all things uh, the instigator yeah, which, of, of, yeah yeah which in this issue it finally occurred to me, oh, the hole in things is also soullessness. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
talking about Damien's soul and all that. And the hole that Darkseid creates as he falls through reality. Yeah. Let's go on to the next issue. Let's go on to the next <laughs> issue right now. Um, well, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's another great issue. I can't wait to be back here with you in two days talking about those final ones. Um, there, it's Return of Bruce Wayne 6 and uh, Batman and Robin 16 are both hugely oversized issues. So, um, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see when those when those or how those come out here. It's it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm almost tempted to have just a two episode week next week, and sort of devote a larger conversation to each of those two oversized issues. That'd be a good idea. Um, and then also it would give us a slight break on the editing and uploading of things. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know Jeff? Is is this uh? Batman Robin doing one of their great double punch takeouts of a villain here that he doing Dr. Hurt. Is this the last, is that the last time we're going to see the double punch attack in this this series? I almost feel like it only in that in the previous instances, we've seen it in panels, but this is like the kind of the grand climax of it. It's its whole page to itself. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like the triumphant moment of like here we're seeing that Dick and Damien have known these answers and he knows they know that Hurt is just a guy that's lived too long and, and they're punching him out. And it's it, it, there is this catharsis, I feel like, associated with that scene there. So maybe we'll see another. Maybe we'll see all three Batman punching somebody out. That would be awesome. But <laughs> that, That's true. Yeah, that's a great page. And yeah, the art, because the candelabra is knocked to the ground and the candles knocked out everything all the satanic symbols are are destroyed here yeah and it's great that irving lights the panel the only light source for the for the scene is um through the window it's the it's the eclipsed it's the eclipse coming through the window behind them dude I don't want to just continue belaboring how amazing Fraser Irving's art is, but I, I do think that he is in my mind better at creating light sources than anybody like his. And those first couple of pages, like the Joker's face, like the underlit faces are when Gordon's talking to pig in the truck and like the shadows and where light sources are coming from. That whole truck scene was just all by moonlight. Like it's just, his light sources are incredible the way that he, and then he like shades like wrinkles of flesh on these constructed light sources. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred's face with the T when he goes to the gate is just beautiful. Yeah. Haunting. I love, love that scene. Um, yeah. Just love this issue, man. <laughs> it's a good thing. We don't do scores on issues like we do for our perfectly acceptable <laughs> podcast because it would just be like 10, 10, 10, yep, 10, yep. 9.5, <laughs> 10, 9 um just a bunch of overly enthusiastic kids but um all right man, well i feel like that kind of wraps up batman in quarantine episode number 50 here uh we've got wow 50 i know right we've <laughs> done 50 of these dude um it yeah we'll have two more for this season so to speak we'll probably take a week off or something between that and then or incorporated and, and get like a you know copy of the talking with god's documentary and discussion about that but uh Man, we're we're getting there. It's crazy. And then we've got this much easier to get through Batman Incorporated, where it's just a linear issue one to issue two. Thank you for that. 
I've never thought it's super, super hard to understand the reading order of this, but to like, yeah, again, edit it and tie it to podcast days and schedule recording days and have like Django or Justin be like, well, what episode is, what issue is it? And it's like, I don't know. Wednesday was 15, which meant Friday was six. And yeah. Um, yeah. Easy. It will be good to get into just some linear narrative stuff, but yes. Roman, you, unless you, you've got anything else. Uh, you've been doing an amazing job with all this, and Thank I'm you. glad that. <laughs> but I don't. I'm glad I don't have to do it because I would have given up a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy that we started this podcast with like 20 episodes in the can or something recorded, yeah. and then we've just dwindled to like we're recording episodes the day that they come <laughs> up and shit. It's like, oh god, we need it. We need to meet on for a Wednesday morning before comics come in. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, well, it's great to see you. I can't wait to finish this out with you. And um, we'll see everybody on Friday for Batman and Robin. No, Return of Bruce Wayne number six. Yeah. Well, on behalf of Roman, I'm Jeff. This is Batman in Quarantine 15. We'll see you all very soon. Yeah.